The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Hello and welcome to Fearless Fabulous You. I am your host, Melanie Young, and welcome to my Fabulous Empower Hour. As you know, each week I love to bring you inspiring women and experts on health, wellness, and nutrition to help you make healthier choices to live happier lives, and I hope you are. You can follow all of my uh, writing and my blogs at MelanieYoung.com. And connect with me on Twitter at Mighty Melanie and Instagram at Melanie Fabulous. And, of course, all my shows are on Women for Women Network, W4WN, which is what you're listening to today, and podcast permanently to iHeart.com and the free iHeart app. Well, we have a, uh, we're, we're taking some journeys today on this show. Um, my first segment, we're going to be talking about nu- your nutrition journey um, with a nutritionist based in Los Angeles, who I will introduce shortly. And in the second segment, we're going to talk about a, pa- a different type of journey, following your fearless path, which is the name of a new book um, by an emotional healer. So we're going to talk about a whole body approach to taking care of yourself through mind and body. Body. My first guest is Anna Baker. She is the founder and principal nutritionist for Nutrition Journey in Los Angeles. Anna Baker, who is Australian, you're going to love her accent. Um, she comes from nutrition from a very personal standpoint because she had to deal with her own issues um, and some chronic illness and fatigue and found a deep passion and respect for nutrition after she realized as I did as well, that a proper diet and key lifestyle changes can transform your health and give you a fresh, energized new outlook on life and give you more energy to do the things you love. Uh, We're going to talk about um, her road to finding uh, a healthier nutrition journey and what nutrition journey is all about. So, Anna Baker, welcome to Fearless Fabulous You. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be part of such a good show. See everybody, right? Great. Australian accent. Um, you're from South Australia, right? No, I'm actually from Sydney. But I no, went you're to, from Sydney. Yeah, I went to university in South Australia. That's right. It's where you um, you did your nutrition studies. I love Sydney, by the way. One of the most beautiful opera houses yeah. on earth. Really fabulous. I know. So, that Anna, um, yeah, do you miss it? Do you miss, do you miss Australia? Yeah, I do. There's good things. Like, you, you miss everywhere you've been. Like seeing the world, there's good parts of everything, but at least I've always got it there to call home. So I'm very lucky about that. I just sound like um, Nicole Kidman. Doesn't she sound like a Nicole Kidman, everybody? <laughs> so, Anna, you became interested in nutrition based on your personal experience with a chronic condition. Tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, so I had a childhood which was, I got sick a lot. I had um, glandular fever, I think you call it mono here, multiple times bronchitis all the time from the age of 10 I think and I just missed a lot of school and my parents gave me healthy food but it was just I was always sort of a sickly child 
Um, and so it was just part of my life, unfortunately. And I saw so many different alternate doctors, like Chinese doctors and normal doctors, and it just sort of came and went. And no one could really understand why or what was happening. Uh, and then when I was about 25, I actually had an emergency appendectomy. And after that, I just did not recover. Like I was just real, like had no energy, just was really unwell for quite a while after that. And I went to see an alternate doctor who put me on like a raw food, super strict diet. Like my body was not happy for a while afterwards. I didn't know what I did. But then after a couple of weeks, I had a new lease in life, a new energy that I hadn't had since I was a very young kid. So I always had to be careful before not to have like nights like my friends did and like always had to manage my health because I knew it would affect me more than anyone else would ever get affected that I knew. So when uh, yeah, it just really changed my life knowing that what I put, like really seeing how what I put in my body can actually uh, doesn't cure everything but help me with my energy levels if you give the right nutrients at the right times it can help with mood it sort of just really changed my life so I was studying business law and I packed up my bags and moved across Australia to South Australia um, and then started studying nutrition there so that was sort of where it began well I'm kind of curious you know did you uh, you know did you grow out of your sickly, you know, we've always heard about, you know, sickly children, sickly puppies or whatever. And, and I don't know whether, you know, maybe some people are just prone to it through just the luck of the DNA or whatever, but did you grow out of it? I mean, you know, some people are sickly as they quote, and I'm saying sickly in quotes, you know, they don't have the best, most robust health and then they grow out of it. It's like some people are ugly ducklings and they turn into swines. Do you think that was part of it as well? Or do you really feel that your complete change in diet really was the direct uh, resulted in the change? Uh, Well, it's like the placebo effect. Who really knows if it Uh was or not? But it's really like if I'm not, if I feel insane coming on, I'll boost the right vitamins. And if, do you know what I mean? I don't always be perfect and I have bad food. It does affect me. So I really listen to my body, I think, is one of the main things I learned from it. If you listen to your body and what it needs, not what you think it needs, it really can make a difference. When you're Mm -hmm. sick, your body needs more energy. And if it's busy processing over processed food and it's harder for it to get the nutrients or it's not getting the nutrients, it sort of like makes you lack energy, which is what really was my problem. So giving myself the right sort of energy is what changed my life, I think. Um, I did. I remember growing up, I loved sugar and I always got rewarded with sugary treats and things mm-hmm. like that. But then we also had healthy food. But I really do notice like if I have um, at three o'clock, if I had a really hard day and I'm exhausted, I, if I have a green smoothie over like some unhealthy processed food, I do notice having more energy and not the crash. And if you mm-hmm. sort of, I guess, the scientist in me now, if you think about how the body works and how our body processes the different foods and what we need to provide energy, it does sort of make sense. Is that mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. You know, I, it, everything. It, it does yeah. make sense. You know, I bring it up because um, 
I think a lot of it is what you put in, but a lot of it is also psychological and how your mind works with it. I have a friend, Anna, and she's convinced that she has to have a grapefruit every day, that that grapefruit, <laughs> that grapefruit is the key to her digestion going. And, and I'm like that. Like, I have to have, like, leafy greens. If I don't have leafy greens every day, I don't have leaves, that's it. And and, and, and certain foods try slump me, like um, bread and cheese, which I love. Uh, and so I feel that. So it's interesting how some foods, and we're going to get into this a little more deeper, some foods trigger positive energy responses and some don't. And some of it is could be emotional and some of it could be clearly Physical and it does it does vary, Anna, as you point out, by person, which I think is very interesting because not everybody no no diet is the same for everybody, right? No, well, everyone's DNA genetics is different, and that's part of how our body processes food. Mm-hmm. So, if one person will process something differently based on how their body reacts to it, so everyone's different, and that's why some diets and meal plans work on some people but not others, and then people think there's something wrong with them. When there's nothing wrong with them, their body just processes things differently and they need to have different options. Exactly. I have some people, I have a friend, she has to have meat. I mean, she just has to have meat. And I mean, some people give those types of diets names like the blood diet, the this, that, this, that, and then there's usually a book on it. Um, I don't think you really, you know, have to call it anything. It's just everybody's different. Let's talk about, you work with, so let's explain what Nutrition Journey, um, which is your company, does and how it helps people and then dive into a little bit about these, what I call trigger foods in the good and the bad way. But first of all, what is Nutrition Journey and how does you help people? So we are an online nutrition program. It's done like monthly, like a gym membership, but basically we're about not only giving nutrition advice but giving support and making sure it's realistic and it fits into your life and how your body works, not you have to try and change your life to fit to a meal plan. So it's more about you and just trying to make healthy lifestyle changes so it's a lot about our clients listening to their body because they have to record it for us and seeing when they're stressed what's do you know what I mean what's good for them what doesn't agree with them and think just trying to really get in tune with themselves and be smarter not just being on a plan but when you eat out it's just sort of the whole look at food in general and just try and help our clients work out what's right for them and what they can do long-term to increase energy, elevate mood, as well as if they want to lose weight or if they're on some form of diet restriction. Let's try. We Which try to make it fun. <laughs> well, it's very, you know, for anyone, you know, those listening, it's very similar to deciding you want to have a personal trainer um, to get in shape. And and really what you're doing is, is the equivalent of a personal trainer, but it's a, a personal nutrition trainer. Yeah. And everything's so- customized well right yeah so we call it nutrition concierge because we're basically on call for helping you to so if you're at a restaurant it's yeah total support when you're trying to make the right choices and make sure you can do it and find what works and learn there's so much information out there it's our job to sort through it and find out the right ones and the real ones and not you have to google all the time base it's on top well, google and and let's just underscore google is not a doctor and google is not an educational institution it's health, right. it's information, but not not board certified. And you, you're based in Los Angeles. Of course, people can go online and work with you anywhere. But you, you are in the city of dreams. Yes. And everybody, everybody dreams of being perfect. Um, how do you deal with um, clients who have what I call an imperfect view of their perfection? 
Like they really are trying to be what they can't be. I mean, you can't put a square peg in a round hole, right? You, you know, if you don't have the body, you're not going to be a size two. But you probably deal a lot with that um, with clients. And how do you handle that in terms of their expectations and anticipation? Uh well, it's sort of that's really one of the challenging things. I think a lot of the time you've got to look at get them starting to listen to their body. I've had some very random people come into my office, which I don't know how to help, to be honest. And it was <laughs> that situation. I'm like, sorry, but that's just not what I can do. I don't think anyone can do that. So <laughs> there is some interesting stories. But it's more about I look at if someone's there for weight loss, we'll get that. But I want them to see the other benefits of having more energy, increasing their mood so they're not like, do you know what I mean, sad that they're not the perfect body and realize that it's a lot more emotional as well to see that you're perfect as you are. You can help your health, which is vital because you want to have a long, happy, healthy life, but you don't have to be this perfect figure and no one is like everyone's different and what do you know what I mean we see people different so it's just about trying to get people to understand that nutrition is a lot more than what what makes you a size two or what makes you a size 20 it's about enjoy it's about enjoying life and making food Mm -hmm. fun you can try new recipes so we provide like all the recipes for our clients and we make sure Mm -hmm. they're really tasty but healthy and realistic so it's just Really, I push being realistic. And we always do short-term goals, not some long-term large amount. Mm -hmm. Because if you just look at each 10 pounds, uh, do you know what I mean? You reach a goal, you're happy, and you sort of forget where you really, do you know what I mean? That's good, a great start, and that's what you Mm want to do. And your body will find its balance. Right. Yeah. But it is challenging, (laughs) to be honest, sometimes. Like, I wish people more i need to get a psychology degree to do some of that but no yeah and particularly in particularly in and not knocking la but it is where all the some of the most beautiful people live and, and there is a fixation on size because the camera adds 10 pounds and you're constantly fighting the the, the battle of the sag and the bulge of the wrinkles and it, it is hard i mean i always feel like a half a lump when i go out there and i'm pretty small anna and mm. i always feel overweight and unattractive so i don't really go out there very often unless i'm in my little oh, cozy okay. world of wine and food because i don't want to feel bad and i feel pretty good about myself let's talk about something that i think is really interesting um we, uh, foods, a lot of people have this love-hate relationship with foods based on um, a lot of things because food has a lot of emotion. But a lot of it is, you know, some foods have been getting bad rap. Um, they've been considered not healthy and you haven't been eating them. And then somebody comes out with another report and suddenly you're eating them. And there's several like that. I'm going to bring up the egg because the U.S. dietary guidelines for many years said eggs uh, and dietary cholesterol were bad for you, right? And everybody cut back on eggs and cut back on eggs and people weren't buying eggs. Or just had egg whites. Yep. Yeah, egg and, or just had egg whites. And then the U.S. dietary guidelines changed and they said, no, it's not really about t- <laughs> dietary cholesterol. It's animal cholesterol and animal fat. Now, you know, the, the pork people are all PO'd and <laughs> beef people are PO'd because they want to promote the other white meat and, the, and lean beef. Let's talk about foods that have gotten a bad rap that really are okay. Yeah, well, it, you said it, the yeah. first one and most obvious is eggs. And it's just because new research has come out. It's over time, cholesterol, they thought cholesterol, it's cholesterol when it doesn't, it's the fats, as you said. And so eggs are one of the best powerhouse foods with a high protein, high um, lots of vitamins. 
another one that um, in the past years has been said to be unhealthy and avoid because of the carbs are potatoes. Potatoes, <laughs> yeah, it's, it depends how you cook them. So don't go, right, what's the right. I'm not saying that. But potatoes actually are one of the most nutritious foods on the planet. They mm-hmm. have a lot of nutrients. They're high in fiber, calcium, magnesium, antioxidants, and the skin is probably what has the most nutrients. So you want to get one and just yeah, not get rid of the skin like other fruit things like apples. Skin is beneficial. Just have to get organic and clean them very right. Well, I have to tell you what's funny. Why I kind of snorted or or kind of went because growing up, I'm. I'm of an age where I've seen many fads come and go. And my grandfather, I grew up when the potato was considered a healthy food. Um, I, I grew up when kiwis, avocados, and, and potatoes, baked potatoes were considered healthy. And there were big ad campaigns, probably by the commodities boards. And I used to eat, Anna, a baked potato with cottage cheese, another healthy product that I was mm-hmm. told to eat a lot of. So my diet was baked potato and cottage cheese a lot. <laughs> Sorry, you can bring it back. Are you still eating that or <laughs> That's no, funny. I stopped. I stopped because everybody's like, stop eating so many potatoes. Yeah. You're going to get <laughs> – and I love potatoes. Hey, what do you think about cottage cheese, by the way? Because <laughs> I was told to stop eating that because there's so much sodium in it. And I love good, soury cottage cheese. What are your thoughts? Well, again, you have to look at which cottage cheese you pick. Right. A lot of things have high sodium in them. But these days you can get different options. I wouldn't say it have it every day. And it's all about how your body agrees with dairy. But a potato with a bit of cottage cheese, as long as you don't go overboard, some um, shallots, what do you call them, green onions, like things like that are healthy. And it's all about just having and not having it every day. So right. moderation, I believe that you can basically eat any food as long that you like. You don't want to restrict yourself as long as, A, your body agree with it and you don't have an intolerance. So mm-hmm. I say add that back into your diet. Well, you know, let's face it, it's not the baked potato. It's the cheese and the bacon and the sour cream you put on the yeah. potato. And exactly. people, it's like, it's not, the, let's talk about salads. Salad, okay, a green salad with fresh veggies and a light vinaigrette or lemon is great. What makes salads fattening is all the stuff you add to it, right? So are salads on your list of things to get a bad rap that really should be good for you? Or did I just add that to your list? You just kind of added it to salads are one of those things that actually everyone thinks they should have on a menu and they're not always the best option <laughs> right? because of what you said. So some salad dressings are so high in sugar, so high in fat. Um, I don't I just did a little um, skip thing on my thing about salad dressings and it can be up to 20 grams of sugar in a serving, which, mm-hmm. and that's added sugar to our diet when we're meant to have about 35 grams as an adult of sugar so that's nearly half just on a salad dressing when you think you're having the healthy option so again it's really about what you put on the salad but salads are great if you pick the right things but back to another one that gets a bad rap is avocado so again not every day but it actually provides about 20 essential vitamins minerals um, and phytonutrients so it's high in fiber and contains vitamin B's, which is really good if you don't eat a lot of meat. Uh, so it, making like avocado and a little bit of avocado oil or some lemon juice and making your own salad dressing like that is a much better option and a very healthy way to have a salad. And you're giving yourself a lot of nutrients and good fats. So it's monounsaturated fats, which is the good type of fats for heart health. 
Well, I love avocados and I'm a big, you know, although it's like so trendy now, but I don't care. I like it. Avocado toast, which is far better than having butter on your bread. Right? Well, <laughs> that's another one. Butter well, is, and let's talk yeah. about butter. And, and let's also talk about its, its, its sister, margarine. Yeah. Marge. Let's talk about bar- <laughs> Marge. Talk to us about what the real story is there because I know it's gotten a bad rap and now a good rap. Yeah, well, butter, it's all about which choice you make. So if you have grass-fed organic butter, low-sodium butter, it's mm-hmm. the best option. Margarine is by far the worst. It is so overly processed. It actually comes out like a gray when they make it and they dye it yellow. Ew. So it's like butter. Um, butter has um, CLA acid in it, which helps fight cancer. So butter actually has a lot of um, good things about it, again, in moderation and picking the right sort. So it's better to get a good quality organic butter and just have less of it. And I just want to add, it's so funny growing up, you know, when I was a little girl, I was told, you know, margarine, I guess, was created when I was a little girl and there was a big margarine campaign. So none of us would have margarine, I mean, have butter because we were told we had to have margarine because it's better. My house times have changed right yeah well <laughs> everything changes due to more during science people do more tests and they find out the truth about things like how right. diet drinks are definitely not better for you than drinking <laughs> but for a time yeah. there was like everyone drank diet stuff and it doesn't matter that it was overly processed in this weird compound that made it sweet it just do you know what I mean was what you drink because it was lower in calories so it's all about what we're learning and always finding out more. And that's one of the things I love about nutrition. There's new studies and there's new information every day and you always there's always something new to learn and it's fun. So Well, it is fun, but it's also, for the consumer, it's confusing because one day something's good and one day something's bad and you're like, I don't know what to do. Are there any other, other foods that you feel need a reprieve? Yes. One of the things is frozen fruits and vegetables. That okay. they're actually... Because they're picked and processed at their peak freshness, mm-hmm. uh, especially if something isn't in season, they're actually a better option and higher in nutrients and lower in so- oh, no, sorry, higher in nutrients than um, fresh. Right, so, and it also yeah. makes it easy to make a healthy meal <laughs> if you um, don't have much in the fridge, but you look in the freezer and you have a pack of. Do you know what I mean? Stir-fry veggies or something. You can always make a healthy meal out of that. So they're one of my favorite things and definitely a thing that's underrated by so many people because it, it lasts and it's got high nutrients and easy to make something from. Well, I agree. We make um, we make a lot of broth, mushroom, fresh mushroom broth, or we'll, we'll put frozen vegetables in, in, in the broth and create a nice stew, uh, soup. Um, you can stir fry really well with them. I mean, you you know, it's all in how you prepare them to bring them back to life. I mean, once you thaw them out. And and they really are good and they're great to have, particularly if you uh, when it's a snowy day and you can't get it out. It's it's like huge. Now, I have to ask you about this because I recently wrote about it on um, my blog, um, MelanieYoung.com. Uh, what are your opinions on all these energy bars that are out there? Um, all over the place because many uh, there are many out there. They're all supposedly healthy, bringing you energy, but many of them are high in calories and fat and sugar. Um, and I cautioned my readers about them because of that because I did a side by side with a Snickers bar and they were comparable. What is your opinion on energy bars and energy drinks? Um, I 
great I don't think they're a great option. I think if you want some energy, coffee with um as new research shows coffee is not bad for you like they used right, to say. Right. And it actually has it's more natural. It has um been linked to decreased colon cancer, um actually um decreased chance of Parkinson's and it also has been linked to longer lifespan. So it's smarter to go for like a coffee and a bit of mm-hmm. fruit. And you're probably having about the same amount of sugar, but you're getting unprocessed and there's mm-hmm. much better options. And Especially less fat. A lot less fat, yeah. yeah Even if you have milk in it, you'll still have less fat in your coffee. So yeah, I think I personally make my own like little protein balls and things that you can freeze that gives you something easy to have as a snack that's high um, in nutrients and gives you the fullness of having protein, mm-hmm. but it you know what goes in it and there's a lot less sugar yeah and- yeah. yeah and a lot of you gotta watch and coffee did get a reprieve and uh and the dietary guidelines u.s dietary guidelines coffee and tea um you can drink more of course you know watch what you put in them it's not about putting a lot of cream and sugar i mean you know those lattes and you know now the new um as of May 5th, uh, restaurant chains with 20 or more units have to um, post not only their uh, caloric content in their dishes and drinks, but also on request nutritional. And some people are going to be very, very shocked at how much uh, fat and sugar are loaded into those calorie-rich lattes and macchiatos and everything else's, chai, chai whatevers, right? Chai whatevers. Yeah. Well, if you look, if you have the um, Starbucks app, when you try and order, it tells you all the nutri- like the sugar levels, and it's crazy how high some of them are. Like there's a crazy. new caramel macchiato that's like a, yeah. If it With, says caramel, it's going to have sugar in it. That's yeah. Caramel, but it's, you know. <laughs> I mean, but even things it? like cinnamon, mm-hmm. you think that's just a spice, but somehow they seem to make it very sugary, so... You know what I like? I like, I have, um, I used to do coffee and milk and I stopped because I've been trying to reduce my own dairy. Um, I just have black coffee with fresh sprinkled cinnamon. It's delish. Hey, Anna, I have one last question before we head out. Um, I do want to address dairy and all the milks. What are your feeling about the milks out there? Because some people say don't have the cow's milk. Some people say have the almond milk. Other people say don't have the almond milk. Last thought on that. The there's nothing wrong with cow's milk. It's actually um, one of the things that has had a bad rap. The thing about dairy is that about 70% of people have some form of intolerance. If your body can't process it, um, then it's not a smart option for you. Right. But if it agrees with you, then I, it's better to have the cow's milk. It's all about how your body reacts to what it is is how I look at it. Well, it's the casein in the cow, and it's the same in cheese, and it makes you're not, you, it can affect you and make you give you glassy, glassy, gassy, and bloated. Um, goat's milk is a nice option as well for some yeah. people who have a little lactose issues. But some people are saying, you know, almond milk, while it's delicious, it does not have the calcium that uh, cow's milk has. So you may want to think about, you know, and discuss with your nutritionist um, any supplementation you may need if you think you're not getting a calcium-rich diet. However, you can get a lot of calcium in other foods. Um, so where can people find more about um, signing up to work with you, Anna? Uh, so they can see my website online, which is just nutritionjourney.com, mm-hmm. all one word. And um, you can email me directly from there, and there's information about exactly what we do. And, and, and I think it's great. more information about what I'm all about. So that's also fun. Yeah, it's a great site and it's very helpful. And, and I think I think for uh, customized nutrition is really great for people who can't stick to a plan. And if you really think you need help, like exercise, like eating, 
find someone to work with you and particularly one that's available, you know, a concierge, that makes it even sound more nicer. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, know. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining me today. We've been talking with Anna Baker, founder of Nutrition Journey, nutritionjourney.com. I hope you have a fabulous week and stay healthy. Thank you so much. It was lovely talking to you too. My pleasure. You're listening to Melanie Young and Fearless Fabulous You on the Women for Women Network. We will be right back with our next guest to talk about the fearless path to emotional healing. And sacrifice to get what I get Ladies, it ain't easy being independent Question, how'd you like this knowledge that I brought? Bragging on that cash that he gave you as a front If you're gonna brag, make sure it's your money you front Depend on no one else to give you what you want on my so glad you were joining me. I just want to remind you to check out my books uh, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or MelanieYoung.com. One is Fearless, Fabulous You, Lessons on Living Life on Your Terms with my five pathways to repurpose uh, your life. And of course, Getting Things Off My Chest, A F- Survivor's Guide to Staying Fearless and Fabulous in the Face of Breast Cancer, which is a very helpful book for anyone who is newly diagnosed with breast cancer. And I hope you don't have to forget that book, but if you do, please check it out. Speaking of fearless, uh, I just finished on the plane a very interesting book on emotional healing. I have been down that path, as many of us have. This book is called The Fearless Path, A Radical Awakening to Emotional Healing and Inner Peace. Um, The writer, the author, um, is a healer, uh, an interpersonal healer named Leah Guy. Uh, she is it's actually an intuitive transpersonal healer, spiritual teacher, and a professional speaker uh, who works with people um, to help face and uh, kind of deal with their journey from emotional healing. And she comes from it from a very personal standpoint. Um, you can learn more about her. She has a very cool website, too, called modernsage.com. She also sells some interesting products. I happen to be a big sage person, so I'm going to... Um, hmm get some sage to burn in my house. I think I need to burn some, some juju, bad juju out of my house. Um, so she comes from a, from a very personal 
standpoint. Uh, she's, I will say, Leah is, is a very beautiful woman. I'm going to say that, Leah. You're, you're very beautiful, but you had dealt with a lot of demons. And your book really takes you through it from a, your own sharing perspective and then takes us through the different chakras uh, and really helps you understand how they interact with your mood, your body, and how you, they sometimes may be off and maybe need to be healed and adjusted. And you work with people to identify these things. And sometimes people come to you and they have no idea what's wrong. They just know something's wrong. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're talking with Leah Guy. She also has a, a company called A Guy Named Girl and a, and a Twitter called A Guy Named Girl. I thought that's kind of cool. Um, so mm-hmm. welcome to the show, Fearless Fabulous Shoe, um, to talk about your radical path. And some of it, to me, was radical. So we'll talk about that. Great. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, I want to start uh, you with the word radical because it, it mm-hmm. you say it's a radical path to emotional healing. Why is that? Because that's a very strong word. Well, it is a strong word. Um, I think as you read through the book, you'll see, maybe as you've discovered too, that a lot of the ideas and concepts mm-hmm. are almost opposite of what we've been taught for so long. We have yes. an, we have the society and a lot of therapy and self-help books and gurus that are teaching us um, to try to, you know, uh, let go and to find a, uh, a different path and that time heals wounds and all these kinds of uh, advices that do help to some level mentally or, you know, in physical space. But emotionally and spiritually, I think it's really the wrong advice. And so what's radical about this book is understanding the true correlation between your body, your mind, your emotions, and your spirit, and learning how to stay connected to it as the guide for healing. And for me, it was the only thing that got me out of all of those traumas that I mentioned in the mm. book, and it's how I work with my clients. And it sounds simple, you know, stay connected. Okay, how is that radical? But when you start practicing staying connected to the emotion, to the energy, to the experience, and allowing it to fuse into who you really are and, and for it to actually strengthen you, it is a, um, it's a unique concept, you know, that, that's not, yeah. not so easy and it's not so common, you know. It's, well, you, it's courageous is what it is. It, it is, and, and your own journey and your openness about it I found very courageous. I mean, for those listening, the book starts with the sexual assault. I mean, you were sexually assaulted. Um, And and at a very young age, you were working as a waitress, and it was somebody you knew from the the job. It was Halloween, and it was very powerful. Um, It was a very powerful, and and I just read another book that starts with a sexual assault by another fascinating woman I have on a show, my other show, and it it really grabs you, uh, particularly as a Mm. woman. And then you had to deal with the shame and the Mm hurt and the anger and it manifested in a lot of ways you you had an eating disorder you had, there was a, there was um, substance abuse you 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 had your self-esteem was shattered basically and you had to really yeah. work through that and it's hard because anyone and I have been I have had an eating disorder so anyone that has gone through something um, it's really hard to shake it right yeah and yeah and, and so well, that's, talk, uh, yeah Yeah, well, so that's the thing, Melanie, is that we've all gone through stuff. You know, in the book, I talk about something. I don't elaborate on it so much in the Mm -hmm. book, but in my trainings, I talk often about post-traumatic emotional disorder, which is a little different than post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. And the post-traumatic emotional disorder is, it comes from 
um, all these common everyday experiences that we often have growing up young, being bullied, being shamed, being embarrassed, mm-hmm. being talked down to, being quieted, you know, these things that, that um, interfere with our development pattern. And it's not to blame the people that are, you know, that are doing this to us, but it's really mm-hmm. part of our learning and growth journey. And then when there's a, an event, a trauma, an event, a breakup, a, a shock, a any kind of, um, like I say in the beginning of the book, we all have one event that kind of becomes an identifier in our life, right? And mm-hmm. so that event then compounds the earlier stuff that we're dealing with, whether it's shame right. or guilt or fear or anxiety. And so it's um, it, that's why I wanted to write the book the way I wrote it is because there's so many, mm-hmm. not just my stories, there's a lot of client stories in there that yes. people can relate to because we've all been there, you know, whether it's guilt from um, something we said that we feel like our, made our parents get a divorce when we were four years old to mm-hmm. um, breaking up a marriage. There's, there's a ton of things that create these emotions in us. And the problem is we haven't learned how to process the emotions correctly. And so we're all walking around kind of like traumatized zombies in a way, you know, and we're trying mm-hmm. to get it off of us like a flea, you know. But really what that's causing is this disconnection from ourselves that um, leaves us, it renders us anxious, unable to sleep, unable to communicate properly, intimacy issues, uh, creativity mm-hmm. goes down. And that's what's important about understanding the energy system and the chakras and how all of that plays together. If you're sexually traumatized, you know, often women have, and men, have second chakra uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Now the second chakras around your pelvic bone um, just above your pelvic bone, often, very often, the root chakra is also affected. That causes mm-hmm. us to feel unsafe, anxious, like we're not part of the world, like we can't trust or connect to people mm-hmm. easily, you know. And it all starts making sense after you after you understand it. And then physically, mm-hmm. the physical ailments that can come along, and we know that stress causes a lot of physical disease. Emotional mm-hmm. stress causes a lot of physical disease. So it's important, I believe, that we um, identify and what I call spiritual mapping, like connecting the dots between Mm -hmm. uh, our emotions, our mind, our physical self, and our spiritual self. And that's what the book is really about. And you really lay it out very nicely because um, you touch on each of the chakras and how an imbalance can affect you physically, emotionally. And then I, I love the gemstones. You know, I, I, it's so interesting. I, I, mm. I just told my husband, it gives me all the reason why I wear so many rings. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Get more jewelry. <laughs> I was like, now I know why I need more stones. But you do work with gemstones, which I found very interesting because I never thought about the healing aspect of a stone. And you really talk about mm. that and, and give examples of that in, and other than traditional crystals, but like amethyst and citrine and taurine. It was fascinating. Um, how can oh, we okay. use spiritual mapping in our daily lives to fear? I mean, when, when you are, because you work with cu- um, clients, customer, I don't know what you call them. Would you call them clients? Yeah, clients. clients. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, how, does it, how does it help them? Give an example. Well, the spiritual mapping is really a tool. I do it most often in workshops, actually, because it's Mm -hmm. kind of a good presentation. But it really walks you through um, the place of your heart, like where your true heart center is and what you need in your heart, what you crave, what you long for, the pure essence of who you are. And then we create kind of a trail up to the experiences causing issues. That that Mm -hmm. issue might be 
you know, I'm having a hard time at my job or I'm not doing what I want to be doing or mm-hmm. my husband left me and I feel like a loser, whatever the thing is, right? And so we create a certain amount of tracks, a certain amount of points between the heart and the experience. And then as you um, become very vulnerable and honest with yourself, this is really a practice of self-expression mm-hmm. and getting in touch with your true emotions, then you can start to see at some point there is um, usually a decision where we, we veered off from our heart, where we kind of shut mm-hmm. down, we locked up, and we made a decision that goes against who we really are. So, for example, I use the example in the book of um, for a long time I had a history of attracting unavailable men in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of self-worth that was attached to that. You know, am I good enough? Am I, am, is someone going to hurt me again? Um, mm-hmm. I attract men and I, I'm lonely and I don't like this feeling of loneliness, right? So mm-hmm. uh, other than focusing on the loneliness and blaming the people that I'm choosing, I create a map back to my heart and see that the truth is, is that I like a lot of alone time to myself. You know, I crave uh, self-nurturing. I need that on my journey. Sometimes I go too far because I'm afraid of my vulnerability that I'm going to get hurt again. And so I create situations that actually give me too much of that time, which creates a lonely feeling. And then, you know, and then the next step, the next step until I, I find myself where I am now. So it's really never about the other person or the situation. It's about how we're making choices on our journey that keeps us from being true to our heart and we, you know, go sidetracked. And that's that mapping portion. And then when we can see it visually, it makes a lot of sense that we go, oh, you know, the truth is that's not as bad as it seems. I just created a situation that would um, uh, like almost compound my self-worth issue instead of free me from it, you know, and then we can um, make different choices from there that actually resonate with what we want with our heart. Well, there are three lines in the book. I I wrote a few down and one that alludes to what we're talking about is most people overthink and underfeel. Yeah. It's so true. Actually, that's one of the biggest things I work with clients on, especially in this day and age. So many people are suffering with anxiety. And one of the quotes in the book is under, behind anxiety, there's always an unresolved emotion. But mm-hmm. what you're saying that we overthink it. And I always tell people, every time you start thinking, I think, I believe, I think, I think, I think, ask mm-hmm. yourself, what do I feel? It drops the energy down into your body. You get out of your head. You pull that energy down into your heart, into your gut. Now you're listening to your intuition. Now you're listening to your emotions. And it doesn't matter all the time what we think. Our mind wants to run us constantly. But what do you feel about this? You know, where do you want to be right now? Mm-hmm. It's a big, yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, and many people just kind of go through the motions and the motions and not the emotions. Uh, the other right. one, of course, you alluded to earlier, letting go is not the way. Now, I found this in very power, a very radical departure from the way I believe about how you got to let things go. And, I mean, I wrote a book called mm. Getting Things Off My Chest, which is a double entendre about unloading the weight that was the heartbreak that was on my chest, my solar plexus area below. Um, but you say no. So let's talk about that because that to me was a radical okay. departure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So mentally, like I said, mentally, the idea of letting some thoughts go is a good idea. You know, mm-hmm. um, we can't hold on to the same thoughts over and over. It'll make us crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even stuff in your physical space. It's okay. You know, if you want to mm-hmm. get rid of stuff, the problem starts 
when we believe that the thought or the stuff is going to change the way we feel. And it mm-hmm. usually doesn't because there's no, there's what I call in the book, there's not like a cosmic trash can, you know, mm-hmm. we, uh, ironically, I, I, I explain it like this. If, if we are all one, if you believe that we are all connected and there is order to this universe and, you know, that um, all things matter and at some point we're, we're connected, to try to disconnect from anything, and that's what people are trying to do, is they're trying to disconnect from a person, a feeling, experience. Mm-hmm. The attempt to try to disconnect is disconnecting from the oneness. The reason we do that is because we're afraid of more pain. Your mind is telling you if you stay connected to this person in any way, you're going to experience more pain. Mm-hmm. Your heart, your solar plexus, your sacral, your being, your soul knows bigger and better that if you, you can stay connected with compassion, with forgiveness, with mm-hmm. a wider perspective that we all are connected, we're all humans, we're all flawed. Staying connected doesn't mean more pain. Staying connected means accepting the reality of what we've been through and mm-hmm. actually learning from it, using it, and being okay accepting the positive and the negative. We, we somehow uh, created this idea in life that no one's supposed to suffer and every, you know, my life is supposed to be uh, rosy and pink and always happy, but it is truly the, you know, the negative and the positive that make the whole and, and all cases of life. And we need to learn how to accept that in our life or we're not accepting our full life. And I, I, I explained it in, and often in workshops as in, if you try to cut off a piece of yourself, like if there was a part of right. your body that was hurting, you know, you don't just cut it off. In fact, you do the opposite. You take extra gentle care of that part of your body and mm-hmm. until it heals and softens and there will always probably be a little different sensation there, but you're, you're uh, welcoming it because you get to still keep your arm. And I, I find this often in relationships, you know, people just, they get mad, they get upset, they end in a poor manner and they mm-hmm. want to try to forget everything about the person or their love and so forth. But the truth is, is there, that there was love there. And I don't believe love mm-hmm. dies. I believe love is more of an eternal, ethereal kind of thing. And when we can mm-hmm. learn how to maintain love and also distance, you know, love and separation, love and um, forgiveness, love and pain, then we can still honor what was real and what was true and also process the pain and process the the now separation from this person. But it doesn't have to strip us of the love and the reality of what was. And it's, I'm not saying it's easy, but I I do think that it's, um, it's a real way to deep healing that we're forgetting in, in our lives right now. Well, another thing that you talk about, and it is hard, and, you know, I'm, 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 as you talk, I reflect about, you know, the ways I've had to deal with different stages of my own life uh, and addressing those things. Because sometimes, as you said, it's, it, you, have a, you have a scar, but you can make the scar beautiful because if, if there's yeah. an injury, it doesn't go, it, you know, you have a scar. It is what it is. And you have to learn to love it and beautify it and accept it and learn from it. Uh, emotional yeah. triggers versus authentic feelings. Oh, that's a big one, right? So many things trigger us. And just learning to identify it is the biggest path to healing in this aspect. Mm-hmm. You can be walking, uh, walking down the street and sees a, a car that was familiar to you from someone that hurt you, mm-hmm. you know, and we all know it's immediate. It, it just goes straight to the brain and you think about that mm-hmm. person and a flood of feelings come back. That's a trigger. 
But what's mm-hmm. the real emotion? We get we get so hung up on the trigger that we mm-hmm. forget to check in and see what do I really feel about mm-hmm. that now? You know what? I don't feel as upset as I did three months ago about that right now. The truth is, you know, I hope that person's okay or whatever. Or maybe I am still as, as angry as I was before or hurt. But that's the real uh, emotion versus just mm-hmm. the knee-jerk reaction. And right. so many of us are operating off the knee-jerk reaction, right? Right. Well, it's true. And then the last one that, you know, spoke to me, uh, and you can elaborate on the time we have, is peace is not about seeking, but doing. Mm, yeah. I'm big on active peace. Even in meditation, you know, you don't just mm-hmm. sit there and try to fall asleep. That's not meditating. That's that's napping. <laughs> you know? Whoops, 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 whoops. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I confess I do that. We, okay. <laughs> we, 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 we live for peace. You know, peace is part of it. You know, it's, it's something that we participate in. It's not just, oh, I'm waiting for peace at the end of the day while I get to sit mm-hmm. on my front porch and have a cocktail. You know, peace ha- can happen at any moment when, when we're participating with it not just when we're mm-hmm. expecting it or waiting for it or, you know, trying to manufacture it. That's not when peace really happens. What we're looking for is true peace, you know, a peace that may be momentary, may be fleeting, but it's real and it's right now. It's so true. And so many people are talking, talk about peace. And so many people talk about world peace and they have no inner peace. And really, I know. You start with, <laughs> that's the most irony. I may be writing, but, but, but no, peace is something you have to find within yourself. And I just thought it was very powerful, the seeking but doing, because most people are always looking for something. But if they spend more time being and doing what they love and getting in touch with, as you say, their authentic feelings, they'll actually find peace that way. Yeah, it's so true. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did. I enjoyed the book. Um, you know, it was a. I, I, I really dove in. I really love getting reconnected with the chakras. Um, we have been talking to, as I wrap up, Leah Guy, who, uh, you know, I, you, and it was interesting that you pursued healing in your own life mm-hmm. after having to go through your own difficult journey. Um, again, the book is called The Fearless Path. And you can learn more about Leah at, it's the fearless path of radical awakening to emotional healing and inner peace. And you can learn more um, about Leah Guy at www.modernsage.com. Thank you for joining me today on Fearless Fabulous You. Thank you so much, Melanie.